On a cold winter morning in 2022, Olivier Chandé stands in front of the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris. It's closed to the public, surrounded by construction fencing. Olivier feels his chest tighten. The cathedral still bears the scars of the fire of 2019. Vu de loin, la cathédrale a l'air presque normale. La structure a été réparée et la façade en pierre a été nettoyée. Mais elle reste fermée et entourée par de grands murs. Et surtout, il manque toujours une partie importante de l'édifice, son toit et sa flèche. La flèche, the cathedral's spire, is the timber structure that once soared above Notre-Dame's saints and gargoyles, and it's missing. This breaks Olivier's heart. Like most Parisians, he can't wait for the cathedral to reopen. But the thing he's most excited to see again is a little-known, precious object that was once nestled within the roof structure. It's Notre-Dame's antique clock, son horloge. Dans ma vie, j'ai eu la très grande chance d'être choisi pour faire un travail extraordinaire. L'horloge de Notre-Dame est très importante pour moi. Tous les jeudis, pendant cinq ans, je m'en suis occupé pour m'assurer qu'elle fonctionne parfaitement, comme elle l'a fait sans interruption depuis plus de 150 ans. Olivier is the official clocksmith of Notre-Dame. Before the 2019 fire, the cathedral had a central clock that powered four round clock dials on each side of the building's exterior. Olivier's job was to wind up the cathedral's clock every week and make sure all its parts ran smoothly. In his role, he experienced the cathedral in a way that very few others got to. Today, we're traveling back with Olivier to a time before the fire. He'll give us an insider's tour of the cathedral, including a place where no tourist has ever been, the wooden beams under Notre-Dame's roof, which once held the cathedral's antique clock. L'horloge de Notre-Dame se trouvait au sommet de la cathédrale. C'était un endroit magnifique et secret. Pour moi, tous les jeudis, c'était mon sanctuaire, loin du chaos et du bruit de la rue. Je vais vous y emmener. Bienvenue and welcome to the Duolingo French podcast. I'm Gofan Boutouwele. We've heard from you, our listeners, about how you love to travel and discover new places. So we're dedicating a whole season to exploring one of the most charming and historic cities in the world, Paris. This season will follow locals into some of the city's most vibrant neighborhoods. We'll get to explore the iconic landmarks, tastes, and sounds that make up the city of Paris. Olivier will be using intermediate French, and I'll be chiming in for context in English. If you miss something, you can always get back and listen again. We also offer full transcripts at podcast.duolingo.com. And for this special season, you'll be able to find images of each tour on our site. Now, on to the episode. It's Thursday, April 11th, 2019. And the morning drizzle is giving way to sunshine over the city of Paris. Olivier is driving down the Quai Saint-Michel, 
It's an expressway that runs all the way along the left bank of the River Seine. Olivier crosses over a bridge that connects to a small island in the center of the city. L'île de la Cité. This is the heart of medieval Paris, where the French capital was born. Sur l'île de la Cité, il y a des maisons et des bâtiments du Moyen-Âge, parmi les plus anciens de la ville. L'île est pleine de cours tranquilles, de petits jardins fleuris, et il n'y a aucun grand immeuble. Il y a un marché aux fleurs, c'est une petite île verte au centre de Paris. Most of the historic buildings on l'île de la Cité are now government offices, and very few people actually live on the little island. Olivier loves how peaceful it is compared to the rest of the city. But what he loves most of all is the towering cathedral on the western tip of the island, Notre-Dame. The words Notre-Dame directly translate to Our Lady. And like many Parisians, Olivier refers to the cathedral as a she. En approchant de Notre-Dame, on la voit apparaître de loin. D'abord, on voit les deux grandes tours qui sont plus hautes que tous les autres bâtiments de l'île de la cité. Vue de loin, sa structure est colossale, mais elle a l'air légère, comme si elle flottait délicatement sur la Seine. Notre-Dame is one of the most striking examples of medieval Gothic architecture in the world. Its construction began in 1163. Like many cathedrals at the time, it was built in the shape of a cross. Notre-Dame est un trésor d'architecture gothique. Elle est d'une symétrie presque parfaite. Il y a deux grandes tours carrées qui contiennent les 21 cloches en bronze de la cathédrale. Derrière les deux tours, au centre du bâtiment, il y a une flèche très haute et très fine. Je la trouve très belle. Most visitors approach Notre-Dame from the grand western façade. It's decorated with carved biblical scenes and sculptures of saints and apostles, des saints et des apôtres. The main entrance faces a wide open cobblestone square. Un parvis. Devant le grand parvis se trouve la façade principale de Notre-Dame. Elle est très large. Il y a trois énormes portes d'entrée en pierre, décorées de dizaines de sculptures, de saints et d'apôtres. Ces sculptures forment des arcs autour de grandes portes en bois. By mid-morning, large crowds of visitors are streaming into the cathedral from one of the three massive front doors. But Olivier is taking us through his private entrance. It's a smaller door on the south side of the building. Past the doorway, rows of stone arches soar overhead. They seem to defy gravity. L'édifice est si beau, si majestueux, qu'il me remplit toujours d'un sentiment de spiritualité et de transcendance. C'est difficile pour moi de l'expliquer parce que je ne suis pas très religieux, mais c'est très profond. As Olivier enters the building, the first thing he notices is a tall statue of the Virgin Mary, la Vierge Marie. The statue was carved in the 14th century and it's known as Our Lady of the Gate. 
She gazes serenely into the sacred building as visitors walk at her feet. La statue de la Vierge Marie est une très grande statue de 3 ou 4 mètres de haut, toute blanche. Elle est placée sur une colonne pour que les visiteurs puissent prier à ses pieds. Je l'admire en passant. Olivier's usual entrance leads directly to the heart of the cathedral, the altar where mass takes place. Walking past the altar, Olivier's footsteps echo on the stone floor. He passes a huge stained glass window made up of colorful geometric patterns that form the shape of a flower. It's called a rose window, un vitrail en rosace. One rose window in particular stands out to Olivier. En face de la Vierge, du côté nord, se trouve un immense vitrail en rosace. Même si ce côté reçoit moins de lumière, les couleurs sont toujours étincelantes. The sunlight is gleaming, or étincelante, as it filters through the brightly colored rose windows. It reflects a dazzling array of colors onto the white marble statues in the room. As Olivier walks toward the window, he passes the giant organ, le grand orgue, built in 1357. Le grand orgue de Notre-Dame est juste en dessous d'un autre très beau vitrail. C'est un orgue immense en bois sculpté, l'un des plus grands de toute la France. The cathedral fills with sound as the organist tunes the 600-year-old instrument for the afternoon service. Olivier loves when he catches musicians rehearsing in the cathedral during his visits. He pauses to listen as the rich chords echo through the air. Il y a quelque chose de différent chaque semaine. Parfois, un orchestre de musique de chambre se prépare pour le concert du soir. D'autres jours, on entend l'orgue dans toute la cathédrale. Elle est toujours pleine de vie. Throughout its history, the cathedral went through periods of neglect. But after Victor Hugo published The Hunchback of Notre Dame in 1834, there was a huge effort to preserve and repair Notre Dame's bell towers. Quand on pense à Notre Dame, on pense toujours à Quasimodo le personnage principal du roman de Victor Hugo. Dans le roman, il vivait tout en haut de la cathédrale, sous le toit. C'est à cet endroit que nous allons. Next, Olivier heads to a place reserved for employees like himself. He makes his way up a stone spiral staircase that gives way to a narrow wooden ladder. He finally arrives at the highest level of the cathedral, known as La Forêt, or the forest. It's a maze of ancient wooden beams and rafters, where Victor Hugo's Quasimodo once made his home. At last, he reaches a small glass-paneled room tucked away in the center of the forest. Inside is an object that Olivier tends to with so much care and devotion. Notre-Dame's antique clock. L'horloge de Notre-Dame. Pour moi, cette horloge 
est extraordinaire. Pendant plus de 150 ans, elle a fonctionné parfaitement, sans interruption, sonnant toutes les heures. L'horloge de Notre-Dame est comme un cœur qui bat au centre de la cathédrale. The clock's about the size of a grand piano. To the untrained eye, it doesn't look like a clock. It looks more like a complex piece of exposed clockwork with ticking parts and wheels, levers, and cranks. It's connected to four clock dials, des cadrans, which tell the time, on the outside of the building, and are made of lava stone, la pierre de lave. L'horloge est connectée à quatre cadrans visible depuis l'extérieur de l'édifice de chaque côté. Deux sont à l'est, où le soleil se lève, et deux sont à l'ouest, où le soleil se couche. Ils ont été fabriqués à partir d'une pierre très résistante, la pierre de lave. À l'origine, l'horloge était aussi connectée à des cloches dans la flèche qui sonnait toutes les heures. Notre-Dame didn't always have a clock. It was added in 1859, and for over 150 years, the clock has always worked with all of its original parts. As a clocksmith, or un horloger, this is what Olivier loves most about Notre-Dame's clock. It's one of the last entirely mechanical clocks in the entire country, and every week, Olivier gets to wind it up, or la remonter. C'est l'une des dernières horloges en France qui fonctionne sans électricité. Depuis 150 ans, un horloger la remonte toutes les semaines et vérifie toutes ses parties. Nettoie ce qu'il y a à nettoyer et répare ce qu'il y a à réparer. Je suis le dernier d'une longue tradition d'horlogers qui se sont occupés de l'horloge. Like the clocksmiths who came before him, it's Olivier's job to make sure that Notre-Dame's clock continues to run smoothly, week after week. And he does, until that tragic week in April 2019. On Thursday, April 11th, Olivier did his job one last time. He checked the dials and wound up the great wooden lever. Then he said goodbye to his beloved clock. Believing he'd be back the following Thursday. La dernière fois que j'ai vu l'horloge, c'était le jeudi avant le lundi de l'incendie. En la quittant, je n'étais pas du tout inquiet. Je pensais la revoir la semaine suivante. But on Monday, April 15th, 2019, the world witnessed a fire in the heart of Paris. It's a day Olivier will never forget. Le lundi soir, rentrant du travail, j'ai vu les images de l'incendie aux infos. Along with the rest of France, Olivier watched in horror as news crews broadcast live images of the fire spreading through Notre-Dame. Mon téléphone a commencé à sonner sans s'arrêter. Toute ma famille connaissait mon attachement à Notre-Dame et à cette horloge, qui était devenue si centrale dans ma vie. On regardait les images ensemble 
on voyait les flammes progresser, se rapprocher du centre de la cathédrale. As the flames, les flammes, drew closer and closer to the center of the cathedral, Olivier knew exactly where it was spreading. Through the wooden beams of la forêt, his sanctuary, Olivier could only think of one thing, his clock. Vers 18h45, j'ai dit à toute ma famille, c'est la catastrophe. Mon horloge, elle est attaquée par les flammes. Elle ne peut pas survivre à ces températures. Elle est en train de fondre. On voyait les images. Les flammes devenaient de plus en plus fortes. Et puis, à 19h, la flèche a explosé. The spire collapsed, engulfed by flames. With it vanished any shred of hope Olivier had that his clock might survive. The following morning, the news confirmed. The clock was swallowed by the flames before plunging 100 feet to the ground. Quand l'horloge a été détruite, elle a laissé un vide énorme. L'incendie était une catastrophe mondiale, mais pour moi, c'était un drame personnel. As Paris mourned its cathedral, Olivier tried to pick up the pieces. Little by little, there were snippets of good news. The beautiful stained glass windows survived the fire, and so did the grand organ. Then, the marble statue of Mary was miraculously pulled from the rubble, fully intact. Quand ils ont annoncé que cette statue de la Vierge avait survécu à l'incendie, les gens ont appelé ça un miracle. On avait l'espoir que Notre-Dame puisse être sauvée. But Olivier knew that just like the spire, the antique clock of Notre-Dame had vanished in the 15-hour blaze that consumed the rafters. To Olivier, Nothing could fill the void this had left. It was the cathedral's soul, son âme. L'horloge n'est peut-être pas la partie la plus visible ou connue de la cathédrale. Mais pour moi, c'est son âme. Notre-Dame, sans son horloge, ce n'est plus Notre-Dame. For weeks, Olivier and his fellow clocksmiths searched for blueprints that could help rebuild the clock. There were none. Then, one day, one of Olivier's colleagues went to another medieval church in Paris. And when he entered a dusty storage room, he stumbled on an antique clock. Mon collègue horloger avait trouvé une horloge absolument identique à celle de Notre-Dame dans une autre église. Mon horloge avait une sœur jumelle. They found the exact twin of the clock that had once lived at Notre-Dame. It was made by the same clocksmith in the same year. This changed everything. Cette découverte n'avait pas de prix. C'est comme un archéologue qui trouve un trésor disparu. Les plans de ce modèle n'existent plus. Donc, il aurait été impossible de reconstruire l'horloge de Notre-Dame à l'identique. Mais maintenant, grâce à cette sœur jumelle, on peut le faire. 
To Olivier, the discovery was nothing short of a miracle. The twin clock gave experts all the parts they needed to reconstruct a working clock. Olivier is hopeful that when Notre Dame reopens and we all get to visit again, the clock will, once again, be the cathedral's beating heart. L'horloge de Notre Dame, c'est plus qu'une horloge. C'est une tranche d'histoire vivante. C'est l'âme de la cathédrale. J'ai hâte de voir Notre-Dame, enfin debout, restaurée et ouverte au public. Et quand elle le sera, j'espère qu'elle aura retrouvé son horloge. Olivier Chandet is a clocksmith and lives in Etampes, a suburb south of Paris. This story was produced by Adonne Media's Lorena Galliot. We'd love to know what you thought of this episode. You can write us an email at podcast at duolingo.com and call and leave us a voicemail or audio message on WhatsApp at plus one seven oh three nine five three nine three six nine. Don't forget to say your name and where you're from. Here's a message we recently got from Alice in Brazil. Hello, my name is Alice. I'm from Brazil. I'm very excited every time for new episodes. For me, it's an excellent opportunity to improve my English and uh, learning French little by little every day. I love and recommend 100% Duolingo is outstanding. Bye-bye. Thank you, Alice. We appreciate you sharing this. If you like this story, please share it. You can find the audio and a transcript of each episode at podcast.duolingo.com. You can also follow us on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. With over 500 million users, Duolingo is the world's leading language learning platform and the most downloaded education app in the world. Duolingo believes in making education free, fun, and available to everyone. Download the app today or find out more at duolingo.com. The Duolingo French Podcast is produced by Duolingo and Adonde Media. I'm your host, Ngofen Mputubwele. À la prochaine!